Welcome to the Daring Living Podcast, where we have honest conversations about personal growth, how to create success, and what it means to live a joyful and daring life. I'm your host, Certified Life Coach Shirley Huang. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Daring Living Podcast. And I'm so excited today because I have a special guest today, and she is Ray Fang. Ray Fang, she's a speaker, a talk show host, and a speaking coach. And let me give you a brief introduction about Ray. Ray went from hiding her voice and feeling like she's nothing, she has she has nothing worthy of saying to now speaking on stage stages to thousands of people she has coached trained and spoken to over 5000 people globally and she has been a professional mc for over a decade serving global clients including the united nations development program city bank and more she considers it her mission to create a world where everyone feels safe to own their voice she guides writing leaders to own their voice whether at work or with their businesses. Owning your voice is the decision to live an aligned life and show up with authenticity and with confidence. And I have to say, I have not met Ray in person yet. <laughs> I hope that we can do that one day since she lives in Singapore and I'm in Vancouver. And But I will say that every time when I come across Ray's social media and just her presence online, she gives off like this very calming, very insightful and grounding energy and always with so much to share and a lot of golden nuggets and wisdom that she shares with her people. And she speaks it in a very, like a very powerful and grounding way where you can totally tell she really do, she really does own her confidence and she really do, does own her voice. And I love that the topic that we are really going to talk about today, which is really helping you how to stand up and use your voice to speak for yourself and stand up for yourself on what truly matters to you. But first of all, welcome, Ray. I'm so excited to have you on. Hello. Thanks so much for having me, Shirley. When I saw your message in my IG DMs, I was like, oh my God, yay! <laughs> because we have we know no people but we have never actually met and I'm so glad that we're meeting now because I do come across your content as well and there's so much depth of perspective. It's interesting that you say that I have this calm grounding energy because usually people would describe me as like extremely energetic and a little bit like loud. But yeah, I do have this calm grounding energy. I think <laughs> you have a calm grounding energy. <laughs> so oh. maybe your calm grounding energy is making me feel more calm and grounded now too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited to dive into the topic today. Mm. So, so excited. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe in person, maybe you will be more loud. (laughs) We will see. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've seen people that like, you know, they're grounded and they're calm, then in person, they're a little bit crazy, but that's perfect. We're all multifaceted people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So I'm wondering what brought you into this field and what made you decide to really make it your Mm. mission to help people own their on their voice? Mm. Well, I first started speaking and coaching simply because I wanted to 
own my own voice, right? So I started emceeing when I was 15. And at that point in time, I I remember that growing up, I was struggling in school academically. I saw my classmates getting A's and receiving praises in class. You know, teachers would ask them to stand up, say, give a round of applause to XYZ, you know, and you clap. And I was never the one that was standing up to receive that praise. And even though I tried so, 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 so hard to do well, like studying till 3 a.m., drinking all the green tea that I could to do the best that I can, I was always getting average grades. And I, I think I was I was just having this need to be seen and to be validated. And that was why I started hosting events as a form of volunteering service when I was 15. I was volunteering in the community center and they needed an MC. So I started MCing since then. And I think maybe that feeling of not good enoughness was maybe a blessing in disguise because it led me to being on stage. And I realized how much I just loved being on stage, meeting new people, raising the energy of the room. You know, and since then, I've been on stages since I was 15. So I started from a place of, I guess, um, wanting validation and wanting to be seen. And over the years, as I went on my own personal development journey, as I healed, as I realized that um, having only external confidence will not cut it, because there are plenty of times that, you know, I'll be that confident person on stage, but back in back at home, back in the room, back in my quiet time, I was actually still feeling not good enough, right? Deep down, I did not have that internal confidence. I remember that it almost felt like I needed to take off that cloak of fake confidence after I get off stage because I just wasn't really confident. You know, the stage was just a stage persona. And there were times that I had to fake this confidence, you know, trying my best to like speak in a certain way, especially when I meet people who are like, I think are better than me. But deep down, I just felt so small. And that is why throughout the past 10 years, I've kind of went on my own personal development journey, doing the inner work, working with different mentors and coaches to over time own my voice internally and externally. And right now, the reason why I talk about owning your voice and I coach people to own their voice, it comes from a very different why, right? It's no longer from a place of like recognition and being seen because Truth be told, when I first started coaching, I had all of that, right? I received tons of messages of people saying, thank you, Ray, thank you so much for doing what you do. And after a while, it gets old, right? Once you have what you always wanted, you need a deeper purpose and vision to drive you because I already had that validation and that, I guess, superficial comments and all that from people. Then I needed something deeper to drive me. And it took me a while to find it truly. And I guess we can dive deeper into how I found that over time, right? But it took me a while to find it. And over time, I realized that what truly makes me feel alive is when people have the aha moment and realize the power of their voice when I deliver a speech or when I coach them. And that was what I really want to help people do right now in this period of time, helping people realize the power of their voice. And with that power, influence the people around them, inspire people around them. Because when people truly own your voice, you see them light up. And there's nothing more magical than seeing someone go from being dim to lighting up. Mm. And this is why I love the idea about, about how you teach people to speak up and use their voice is that you do not just talk about the tactics and the strategy and like, you know, how to public speak better. Because I feel like there are a lot of people that I've seen that does that right it's like oh how do you speak you know 
pauses, don't use ums, and don't use filler words, and how to outline your speech, and, and things like that. But I felt like what you really、mm-hmm. share, it's really coming from integrity. And how I define integrity, it really is what you believe in deep inside. It's also how you express yourself externally, outside as well. And so it makes more sense that. When you share your message about owning your voice, it's really coming from deep within because you've done the work of going through that journey, and then so then you're helping other people going through that as well. And what you share is like, yeah, it really is. You work on what's within first, like your belief in yourself, your confidence, owning yourself, and owning your values, owning your ideas internally, right? Because I feel like when you can really do that, then. Honestly, it doesn't matter what you say externally or、mm. what you specifically, what kind of specific words you use, if you use ums or not. But it's like if you really believe and see yourself differently internally, how you came across and the energy of that which you embody, people can just feel that whenever you enter into a room, online.、Mm, you're so spot on. So spot on. It's like, you know how we would say, like girls would say, oh, you know, like we want this guy that is like this look good looking, etc. But have you ever met someone that might not fit the bill, and they're not like quote unquote conventionally your type, but they just exude this charisma, and then suddenly you think they're attractive? I'm sure this has happened before, right? <laughs> Or like, doesn't have to be a guy; can be a person, can be a girl too. Yeah. So charisma, energy, that's attractive. And true attractiveness comes from the confidence from within. So you're right to say that you know I don't just teach techniques. I do still teach techniques because those are important. But I think what's even more important is that internal trust that what you say matters and what you say is of value. The internal trust in yourself, in advocating for yourself, being confident in what you know and what you don't know, and being honest about it. And when you have that. True radical self trust with yourself when you own your voice, then whatever that you say will reflect the the work that you have done. Whatever you say will reflect the true、uh, message that you want to put out, right? And that's why I'm so excited to dive into this entire topic, right, of owning your voice. And by the way, owning your voice doesn't just stop after you become confident, right? I think owning my voice has been a personal journey and work and then life for me, like. In this past two years, traveling has helped me own my voice by bringing back the adventurous Ray, full of childlike wonder. Because I used to be like a massive workaholic, working up to like sixteen hours a day because I felt like I defined my self worth through how much I work. Right. So even though I was confident on stage, like deep down there were certain areas that I needed to own. So owning your voice, I think it's really like a lifelong journey、um, of growth, both internally and externally. Hmm. Yeah, and I felt like owning your voice, it besides presenting yourself professionally in your career and at work, a lot of this stuff also comes from owning your voice in your personal life, and、mm. it might look like really speaking up about and standing for yourself in your personal spaces,、uh, such as in your family, in your romantic relationship, with. Your friends, right, with your with your sibling, and things like that, and so I wonder. So since we are talking about this, because we are all like, I think it's like it's 
important to like it's okay sometimes we're just talking and interacting with our family that's one thing that's one way to talk to people and then there are like these tough conversations that we know is important to have in our personal life when it's about you know setting boundaries when it's about speaking up on topics that we normally don't really talk about in the family or we don't talk about with our romantic partner and at the same time you know that if if just we have this conversation that's a start to of really upgrading your relationship or that's a start to really changing your family dynamic like those are really really important conversations to have and I know that a lot of listeners in my space they're really working on improving those things in their life and often yes first you do the work with yourself internally because that is important and then it gets to a point where internally you are aligned and now it's start to really express yourself outwards now it's time to really speak out loud your actual values to speak out loud and have someone actually hear you on the other hand and have those harder discussions and and maybe a little bit awkward conversations so my questions for my question for you is let's say for example it could be like for for example I know that for me personally uh, I had to have conversations with my family for the first time talking about when it comes to racism and sexism and how my parents are you know prioritizing the son versus the daughter like there are a lot of these tougher conversations that I only started to have with them after I feel like I'm in my mid or later 20s -hmm. I think it's important to put out there and the first time was scary it was awkward it was so weird I also know that like in my family we also don't talk about dating as much in like a very deep way like my mom is always very awkward with me when it comes to asking (laughs) like do you have a boyfriend like she doesn't she she even asked I'm I'm surprised she even asked (laughs) yeah because it's like around that age right so it's like they're worried they're concerned but they're also like how do I ask you yeah yeah and so it becomes like this thing that just feels awkward and weird and I know Mm. that a lot of people are going through this because they're like I don't want to be more intimate with my family I want to actually let them know how much I love them and appreciate them and sometimes these topics are not talked about uh, in the Asian household or in specific culture and backgrounds right so I wonder um, what are your thoughts on how we can navigate ourselves to speak and share our truth for the first time and share the conversations we we want to have uh, knowing that it's going to be vulnerable and uh, it's just going to feel awkward mm, yeah I think you you shared so perfectly right a little bit about weaving and you kind of weaved in your own journey as well and and you're so right to say that the first one is the hardest the first time having the tough conversation is the hardest like same way for me now it's much easier to have deeper conversations with uh, my parents but in the, when I first started it was definitely really really hard but just with that itself I want to encourage listeners to know that it does get easier okay so please just take the first step I think believing that the relationship with the person that you're trying to have a tough conversation with can get better and can get deeper that hope is very important to have because I think many people don't have those tough conversations because in their mind, they already kind of gave up. 
right? They already think like, oh, you know, they're just this way. I'm just not going to try, right? And they use that as, I don't know if it's an excuse or an escape, but they just don't have that tough conversation. So firstly, I think it's important to know that it's possible to improve the relationship, right? And hold on to that hope because when there's no hope, then there's no action. And then I think the second thing is to meet the truth with ourselves. I think the hardest person to be truthful to is yourself, right? And I noticed this for myself for all the tough conversations I had to do, even the ones that are the most recent, right? And it's still tough, especially when it's with a new person sometimes, it's hard to meet that truth deep within. And if you ever feel some fear or some resistance, then maybe, maybe there is, there's another reason why, right? Like maybe deep down, you're really afraid that they're just going to reject you or that you're just going to embarrass yourself. Like I think that you need to make peace with whatever outcome is going to happen first before you kind of attempt this uh, tough conversation. Right. And the first half conversation, you know, were with my parents and I was avoiding it for so long. The conversation was surrounding like me doing a lot of like freelance work outside of school. Right. And you would know that, you know, Asian parents are always like focusing on your studies. And it became this entire conversation, which I'd rather just avoid because I didn't want to explain myself anymore. But deep down, the reason why I was avoiding it for so long was because I didn't feel confident in my business in my ability and I was afraid to actually advocate for myself I was afraid to be questioned right Mm -hmm. so the real the real work that I needed to do was to confront my beliefs about myself to confront my fears to confront the real reason why I was avoiding those conversations and once I did that right once I started understanding myself and because the step is really to know your truth like asking the reason why you're afraid of speaking up then it's so much easier to navigate the conversation so I think that's really the first part of the work and then secondly understanding that sharing your truth comes with respecting their truth too (laughs) we can only expect anyone to act in accordance to their own beliefs and their values and each and every one of us are experiencing different realities created by our own beliefs, influenced by our unique upbringing and environments, and all of us are different. And I think it's important to know that like our parents, they come from a different generation with different beliefs, different values, different upbringing, different state of the world back then. And yes, they don't understand us because we don't understand them as well. Like We didn't live in their world. So it's so important to know that each of us are like living different truths And when we're willing to be open to hear the other person's truth, then we'll go into a conversation with a lot more openness. And I love this quote, which is, perfect love casts out all fear. And love is in reserving judgment about that person and being curious and open. That's love, right? Love is reserving judgment. I mean, in this case, that's my definition of love. Love is reserving judgment about the person and allowing the person to share their truth as we hold space for us to kind of like share our truths. So those are a few things that I think we're going to consider, right? Like number one, meeting the truth with yourself. Number two, understanding that this person that you're speaking to also has their truth and learning how to be open to it. And, you know, later I would love to share a little framework as well, but I want to hear your thoughts on what I just shared as well. 
Yeah, what comes up for me while you were speaking, it's almost like this idea of not being attached to the result of what might happen. Like they could totally agree with you or they could totally disagree with you. And what matters more is that you spoken out loud on what you value and then knowing that it's like what you said their beliefs they're coming from a different time time and different generation is generation than yours and knowing that you have spoken out loud what matters to you and they can decide however they think and however they want there's also this idea of that even before you this even before you think if it's important like if you should have that conversation with them or not first own your ideas internally and if you do feel like this is what I sometimes tell people that if you do feel like if you do share this idea with them you're going to be uh, wobbled by their ideas maybe it's better for you not to share it actually because Mm, I agree that's so true yeah, like sometimes when your belief is just it's just sprouting, it's still a little bit shaky, you actually first want to protect your belief and protect it enough until you feel like the time has come. It's not as that belief is no longer shaky. There's deep roots that's grounding that has grounded. It's becoming a tree instead of like just a sprout. Then when that day comes, then you will feel like you're ready to have that conversation. <laughs> but first, perhaps protect your belief and then decide when it feels right for you to actually have that mm. conversation from a place where you are actually owning your truth. Mm. Oh gosh, that's such a good point. That's such a good point, Shelly. I've experienced um, an incident where I wasn't grounded in my own belief in a certain area. I think that was like spirituality or something. And I remember I was talking to someone who's like super convicted in his belief. Like he's He's kind of like an atheist. And it was just so hard. Like I realized, I think that conversation just made me realize, oh, wow, like there are a lot of things to explore about myself. Like when a conversation becomes defensive, that's when you Mm. know, it's probably good to not have that conversation and go back and kind of get clearer on what you believe and who you are, right? However, I think that even if your beliefs are kind of like unclear or like still sprouting, you can still have conversations, but with people who are like your super safe space, right? With people whom you know, you know, like they will not judge you. They will hold space for you. They will kind of like gently challenge you and and have a like a healthy debate slash discussion with you. But you don't feel like you have to prove yourself or anything. I think it's okay to have conversations with such people, like, you know, your safe space, because that kind of creates a good space for critical thinking as well, right? That creates a good space to explore other people's beliefs. So I think it depends who you hang around with. But if you're having tough conversations with like your parents or whatever, then yes, you know, be grounded in your own beliefs first. That's very important. Hmm. Yeah, I also want to say, like, let's say if you know this is a conversation that needs to be had, and you know that this is just the first time, it's okay, just let it be awkward and let it yeah. be weird because, well, it's your first time. And awkwardness happens when you haven't done something before. 
and when you're just unfamiliar with it, right? That first conversation with your parents about an intimate, something that's more intimate is going to feel awkward. And it's going to continue to feel awkward until it's practiced repeatedly over time until it becomes more of a normal thing to go deeper with them. And so Mm. let it be awkward. I think there's a lot of power as well when you lean back and just be okay with silence, be okay with letting yourself be awkward, but just watching them as they are like thinking about it and then really coming to terms like within themselves. I think there's a lot of power to that. And also with awkwardness, I also want to say that we can become the ones to lead the energy in that conversation. And so when you decide that it's not going to be awkward, it's not going to be a big deal. If they walk, if you walk into it from this place of like, oh yeah, of course, it's no big deal. It's just a talk. And I know what's going to happen. You might be mad. You might be upset. And like, we can hold all of those different kinds of emotions. Then all of a sudden you make it easier for them to express themselves as well, especially with like initial topics, because it Mm. might come off as a surprise to them, or it might be different for them. There's going to be that initial um, resistance coming from them at first. That's just always going to happen with any type of difficult conversations. Mm. And if you can be okay with that, that, oh yeah, of course, the first thing they're going to say is they're going to resist first, but it's no big deal. Like, oh, I'm still going to be here. Then that creates a very powerful space where they are more able to calm themselves down because your energy is calm. And because you are feeling more grounded in your truth and at the same time, letting them express however and whatever is on their mind. Mm, Yeah, you know, parents are awkward too. The other yeah. person could be awkward too, right? So I think I think they're probably even more awkward because maybe as an authority figure, they think I need to have it all together. I need to lead this conversation when, hey, like it's going to be awkward for both parties, right? And it could be in the case of parents. It could be in the case of in the workplace with like a manager or a colleague or a boss, like the other person could be awkward. So allow them, give them the permission to feel awkward by owning your awkwardness. And I love what you say about like you can control or you can lead the energy of the room. I think that we can see from past arguments that we had, right? That the energy of the room is very important. A good analogy I like to use is like imagining that you're playing tennis with someone. If let's say you are coming into the room already with the idea of like, I want to beat this person. I'm going to destroy this person. Then the way that you, well, in, in a bad way, right? I mean, of course you can be competitive in sports, but like take this analogy, for example, you start smacking the ball. You don't even care what that person is. You don't even care about the game. You're like smack, 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 smack. And the energy is with this resentment and this anger. Then what's going to happen is the other person is going to smack back harder. And it's just going to be like a smacking a smacking competition. It's not going to be fun anymore. It's not going to be fun and enjoyable. You're never going to respect the game. You're just fighting. So what you want to do is to make sure that you go into the room, like what you mentioned, with already that sense of peace and openness so that you come with a more calm and grounded energy. So that's why the toughest conversation you have to have is with yourself before the conversation, right? Yeah, like, like what you mentioned, have you made peace with any outcome that could happen? 
Or are you going into the conversation trying to control the outcome? Because if you're trying to control the outcome, obviously you're going to feel disappointed and angry when the conversation isn't going your way. Like I remember one of the tough conversations I needed to have in the past year, so many, but if I were to choose one, it was whether I wanted to continue the relationship with my partner, right? So I was avoiding the conversation for the longest time because I know that one of the biggest obstacles was like long distance. So I was speaking to this friend of mine and he was telling me, hey, you know that you're going to have a conversation with him, right? You're like dragging it on. I'm like, yeah, I know I'll do it soon. He's like, what are you really afraid of, right? I'm like, what if we have that conversation and we break up? He said, well, have you made peace with the fact that that, it, that is a potential outcome? I'm like, what if I can't make peace with that? And then my friend said, well, then if you can't make peace with that, then you got to live with the fact that you live in, out of, you live in misalignment forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So I think at that point in time, I realized, okay, I need to go back and make peace with both outcomes, whether we're together or whether we're not together. Because if I can't make peace with one of the outcome, then obviously I'm going to try my best to control the situation and go for outcome A, which is that we are together when I know that there are things that needs to be discussed about. So I think it really starts with making peace with the multiple outcomes that could happen before going to the conversation. Otherwise, you're going to try to control things. And trust me, that's gonna not going to lead to a good outcome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to encourage people of like, before going in, it's like what Ray said, to make peace with the outcome. And also, I feel like there are people who go in and they go in with not without that much intentionality first of what it is that they are looking for and so actually they go in and the energy of how they come about it it's more like what what, what do you think about this or like I don't know if I should do this or this right and so there is a difference with the type of conversations you have like is it coming from are you trying to seek their attention, seek their approval of things and asking for permission? Or is that coming from, I, I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's like a different energy of like, oh, this is what, this is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> for example, this is my value. This is what I stand for. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus like, oh, this is what I'm thinking about and I'm not too sure. And so when it's yeah. coming from that energy, then the other person will feel like, oh, it is responsible for them to take a lead and for them to guide or give you opinions mm. versus yeah, like, yeah. this is what I have decided and you could agree with me or you might not. Mm. But this is yeah, I, I think that the thing about tough conversations is that it's the hardest to give to like create content on right like reason being every conversation is different and the context is different which is also why I love to coach on tough conversations because it's so different and dynamic it's like a math problem some every time but 
if we were to share some principles, like what Shirley, you mentioned, like knowing your intention going into or your intentions going into the conversation. And I think the second thing is to know your truths. Truths about yourself, truths about the situation, truths about the person, truths about the universe. So for example, if let's say going into a conversation and it's like job related, like you want to negotiate or you want to draw a boundary around like work-life balance, like maybe your boss is just like calling you last minute in the middle of the night, getting you to do stuff. And that is not cool. So you need to know what are some truths about yourself, right? How do you want to be treated as an employee? How do you want to be treated? What are your rights? What is your worth, right? You want to know some truths about the situation, about the industry, like, is it really right for someone to call you in the middle of the night? Probably not. So what are the truths that you want to hold true to? The truth of when I'm valued at work, maybe when I'm valued at work, I my timing will be respected. Perhaps that's a truth you want to create and hold true to, right? When I'm valued at work, my timing and my energy will be respected. So if you want to, and maybe truths about the universe, right? What's meant to be mine will not pass me by. So you want to kind of create like a list of truths that you can anchor on during the tough conversation. So if whatever the person is saying is kind of going against that truth, then you can anchor yourself on that truth and communicate it respect, uh, respectfully and with grace, right? And it'll be easier to navigate it from a place of truth, from a place of like integrity and uh, not defensiveness and resentment yeah if i were to share a quick framework on tough conversations that i love to use it will be called the asmr framework a stands for acknowledge so acknowledging the situation acknowledging what the, where the person is coming from acknowledging maybe even the person's feelings and intentions like perhaps they're trying to perhaps this manager is just trying to push you to be your best, but they're doing it in a very aggressive and um, overwhelming way. So okay, I, I, I acknowledge that you want the best for me. I acknowledge that you really care about my growth. So acknowledge the person for their feelings, their intentions, and where they're at, right? And then S would be to share your feelings, share your experience, because your experience is your truth. So share where you are coming from. How are you feeling? How are you coping? S then, the next one, ASM, will be M. M would be finding a middle ground. This one is going to be the hardest part because there might be some back and forth. Finding the middle ground between what they want and what you want. And then last but not least would be R. So like reassure. R, reassure them that you guys are on the same team right? We are sure that you guys want maybe a similar goal, which is to maintain the relationship or which is to help the, the organization to do well. You got to reassure that you guys are on the same team and you're not fighting. So the ASMR framework is quite helpful to keep in mind when it comes to navigating tough conversations. And I think that at the end, you got to also, maybe even before you enter a conversation, you need to know what is like your final straw, you know? Because sometimes maybe the person is not agreeable to your truth and your boundary, then perhaps that relationship is not going to work out, right? And then you got to communicate that as well, 
right? And share what your boundary is. Like, let's say if a friend has been ranting to you consistently over and over again about her toxic boyfriend for the past two years, and you have been holding space for her consistently, sharing with her some principles, some perspectives, some stories, but she has been complaining about the same thing the entire time, and you have drawn boundaries of her over and over again, but she keeps doing the same thing, then perhaps the final straw is that you got to tell her that the next time, if she has that same conversation with you again about that same thing, that you're going to have to shut her off because that is not the conversation that you want to have with her because you've been having it with her for the past two years and nothing has been changing. If she wants to really change and do something about it, then you're willing, I'm willing to help you with it. But if you're going to come again and complain about the thing, then respectfully, I'm going to have to say that I don't want to hear whatever that you have to say and come to agreement. Right? I think it's important to say it and share what you need instead of lead the person on by thinking that everything is okay and then the relationship disintegrates over time. Mm, I love that framework. ASMR. I'm going to use it too. So good. Yeah, the ASMR framework. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I love that. In the beginning, there's that acknowledgement because honestly, sometimes it can get very heated and very emotional and the other person might feel like they're tr- you're trying to change their opinion or you're trying mm-hmm. to disrupt something that they have been so used to by offering this new idea and so what you did that acknowledgement it works I feel like it works in work and like in personal relationships as well like really first acknowledge them make them feel safe and seen before you actually share with them what is on your mind yeah yeah spot on yeah that's what people want yeah feel Mm -hmm. seen feel heard feel understood yeah and that last last straw that you said and like to really add on to that is there's a reason why it's called the final the final final straw final draw yeah 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 final straw <gasps> wait it's final straw right it's final straw it's final straw okay yeah. okay okay <laughs> final straw like there's a reason why it's called final is that when it does happen make sure that you really do follow through with a consequence right because what a lot of people, like, what happens when there's, like, iffy boundaries set is that they say something, people don't, people break it, and they can't just keep letting people break it, they keep telling them, but then they don't actually follow through with the consequence that happens if they do do it, and this is where then we start being, beating ourselves up, we start, com- we, we start complaining about them, but then it's because that we don't actually follow through with what we tell them that that final straw is and we don't Mm. follow through with it and so it's actually very important to do that and know that that final straw that you do set it is going to cause some frustration from their end they are not going to be happy about the final straw especially if your mom is so used to crossing your boundary and for so long and you finally decided to really step up and really let her know she's going to still do that not because she's doing it intentionally but it's because she's been so used to doing that right that's literally how she interacts with you for so long and for you to say that out set that straight with her and actually follow through with a consequence such as if you call me again when I'm working I'm not going to pick up right 
and then this time you actually don't pick up the phone she is going to be mad she is going to be frustrated she's going to think mm. oh my gosh like I can't believe I have a daughter like you or I can't believe I have a like they are like stuff is going to happen and yeah. I want to offer for people is that chaos is going to happen first before it settles down into a new normal there's always going mm. to be chaos and disruption that happens before a new normal is formed, before someone mm-hmm. becomes more familiar with how you've done things. And you mm-hmm. have to follow through with that final straw that you set for yourself and keep it consistent because this is how they know that, oh, okay, I know that next time if I call her at work, she's not going to pick up because she did that the, the last three or five times that I tried to calling her. Yeah, yeah. Or two things to keep in mind. Number one is that you teach people how to treat you from the way that you react to them. And the second thing would be that people find it harder to break commitments to themselves because it's linked to their identity, their character, their self-worth. And so when you are communicating that final straw, it's good to get their commitment to your final straw. Right. Don't just say it and like, okay, I don't care. Right. But say it and say, do your best to try to get them to agree to it. Find a way. Right. And once you have that agreement, that's the middle ground part in the ASMR framework, then that agreement has to be followed through. So every time they break the agreement, you can go back and go, wait, remember this agreement that we made? Right. Remember this commitment we made? And like, oh yeah, okay, yes, okay. Can we stick to it, right? How can I help you stick to it, right? Ask them, right? And that will be easier to anchor on that commitment that both of you make. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think everything happens for a reason. Chaos happens for a reason. There's always a hidden order behind the chaos, and it is to teach us something. It is to teach the person something. It is to evolve your relationship. I mean, you think about it, right? how much deeper have your relationships gotten because of chaos? I'm sure that you have conversations with people that you went to depths of vulnerability or you had a fight, but you resolved it. And because of that, you understand each other better. Like chaos can lead to not just a new normal, but to a more evolved relationship within yourself and with the other person. So I think when we appreciate the hidden order and chaos will live a more I don't know if comfortable is the word but a little bit more peaceful life and at ease life because you know deep inside that that is a reason for it mm-hmm. chaos also helps you see that maybe some relationships are not meant to be kept mm. it also really let the other party actually know what you're actually thinking of course, with family, sometimes it's a lot harder to end relationships, especially if like we care about family a lot. And there are other times when you know that, oh, actually, I might really need to not let this person be in my life so much. Or mm. we really do have different values, even after I, I've spoken it out, because, because I've spoken it out, they don't, they don't see that it's gonna work out or because I've spoken out they don't feel the same way that I do and it it brings like a really evident common truth within the two of you to really know that oh actually yeah we 
it's it's just it's just not working out because we、mm. have decided to speak up for ourselves and to share our truth. And so, in a way, if you look at that, it doesn't really matter what the other person responds or what the result is. The fact that you shared your truth and you spoken, and someone the other party listened to you and heard you, right? The result is that it only moves in more alignment towards what you want. Whether they stay or leave, or、mm. something deeper happens within you, or your life becomes temporary for temporary chaotic for some time, but then the the truth has spoken. You know, it's already out there. You cannot take it back. And you can only go forward, and you can only grow and change from there. Hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, I think. I think. I think that all of the challenges that we have in our personal life is necessary to grow us as leaders in the in the world. Right, and I think that we're in a point in time. Right, we we see what's going on. Where not owning your voice could cause more harm than we can ever imagine. If you take a look at what is happening now, or like what has happened in human history, like a lot of the wars, a lot of the atrocities of the world, they 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 happen because people are fearful, people are angry, people are greedy. Like it's greed, fear, a quest for power. It's always because the like deep down, it's because inner work hasn't been done. But it's just magnified with all these huge organizations and whatever. I mean, you get my point. It's at the end of the day, the deep, the 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 deeper reasons because inner work isn't done individually. So that is why it's so important to do that inner work individually because it has an impact on the people around you. When you do not deal with the way you react to your fear, to your unhappiness. To your trauma, what's going to happen is it's going to affect your words, your energy. It's going to affect the way you react to people, the way you treat people, and that will influence their emotions, their feelings, and it can lead to I don't know what. Right? I don't want to sound too. I mean, it it does sound dramatic, but it's also very true because we are living in an ecosystem. We're not living in a bubble, and as you go around living life, your energy does affect the people around you. And so I think that one of the biggest things you can do to serve the world is to work on yourself first, right? When you work on yourself first, you will help the people around you, and then even bigger than that. So that's why it's so important to own your voice, right? It's beyond just you, but it's also your loved ones, your children in future, the people you lead at work, the people you walk past in the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so important to own your voice. So, when you're navigating these tough conversations, just remember that it's for a higher purpose too. I mean, number one is to end suffering within yourself, because who wants to constantly be in a fight with people? Who wants to constantly have to walk in to your house and there is this air of awkwardness? No one. So, firstly, is to help yourself, but secondly, there's a higher reason. There's a higher purpose for it all. <laughs> yes. I love that. I think this is a great way to end this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't want to make it so like okay, you have to save the world, but like we're all connected. So yeah, heal yourself, own your voice, and you will help others,、uh, empower others to own theirs too. Yeah. Yes. 
yeah, there are, we each all have a lot of ideas and thoughts all within ourselves. And mm. the work really is like, be, when you are aligned with yourself, eventually you will come to a place where you're like, I'm ready to share out loud and express it. Um, and when you do do that, right, it's like what you said, you, you've already owned it internally. Mm. And then when you do say it, it, it comes with more power and uh, comes with more weight versus just saying it but then you don't really feel it and you don't really believe it within yourself yeah well you know i think that at the end of the day the the gift that the best gift that we can give others is to allow them to be your authentic selves the best gift you can give yourself is to allow yourself to be your authentic self and with authenticity comes owning your voice it comes being able to speak with the sense of alignment the sense of integrity like you mentioned so allow yourself to own your voice allow yourself the gift of being your authentic self yes oh my gosh Ray. i love this conversation same i can't believe we had a whole conversation on tough conversations this is crazy i've never talked so much about these topics but i realized just how much it is to dig into and i hope this was an enjoyable conversation to you guys your listeners yeah i think all of you all of us have the ability to advocate for ourselves don't ever forget that right i love this conversation and i can't wait to hear people apply it right if you if you guys apply the framework if you guys apply anything that shirley and i said please dm us or shirley i mean just dm just you know what just post it on instagram and share your thoughts about this conversation because we would love to hear from you and how you have owned your voice Yay. Yes, thank you so much, Ray. Thank you so much for coming on. And so if you can follow her on Instagram, do you want to share your Instagram handle? Sure. My Instagram handle is Matrix. That's R-A-E-M-A-T-R-I-X. And I post quite a bit of content there, not just on Tough Conversations, but on all the aspects of owning your voice, the four pillars of my methodology, which you can kind of find out more by visiting my Instagram page. And yeah, links are in bio. I have a free masterclass. I have a Telegram channel where I share more in-depth messages through Telegram and through email. But my favorite platform is Instagram. So follow me there and everything is there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to have you on. You're most welcome. Thank you. And bye listeners. See you again. If you enjoyed that episode just now, I would love to invite you into the Daring Living one-on-one coaching room. This is a very safe, very open and non-judgmental space where you get to play, learn, laugh, grow, cry sometimes, (laughs) heal, achieve milestones in your work, in your business, in your relationships, all along the way as you create the kind of life that feels successful and thriving to you. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at Daring Living to book a discovery call with me, or you can visit my page at daringliving.com forward slash coaching. Again, on Instagram, that is Daring Living, one word, or you can visit the page at daringliving.com forward slash coaching. It's going to be so much fun. Talk to you later. Bye.